I want you to go with me tonight in the word of the Lord to the book of Ephesians and chapter number 6 and verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. I've got a word for some home folks tonight. If you're up listening live on Holy Ghost Radio, it's 10.05. You need to go to bed because you've got work in the morning. Obey your pastor. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I have chosen for a subject tonight, entitled this message, A Righteous Revolution. A Righteous Revolution. God bless you as you're seated in Jesus' name. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you yet make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting, if you can be lied on but not deal back in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, or if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with both triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or stand to see the things you give your life to broken, stoop down, 
build them up again with worn out tools. If you could make one heap of all life's earnings, risk them all in one turn of pitch and toss and lose, start over at your beginnings, never breathe one word about your loss. If you can force your heart and your nerve and your sinew and all that is in you to serve your turn long after they are gone, when all that's left in you is the will that says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and never lose your virtue, if you can Walk with kings, but never lose the common touch. If all men count with you, but none so much. And if neither loving friends nor mortal foes can hurt you. The earth is yours. And everything that's in it. And what's more, you're going to be a revolutionist my friend. The way I see it, there are two revolutions at work in our world today. There is a revolution against conformity. That is a revolution of carnality. A declension of all declensions. Morality is bankrupt. The things that has made our nation great for the past 200 years are being questioned by so many today. A revolution against conformity. The clear lines of delineation of morality versus immorality are almost completely blurred from the lowest level of education to the highest ranking offices of our land. You can agree mildly or disagree violently, but we are in a revolution against conformity. What were once absolutisms of our past are questioned by the majority, both in secular and in religious circles of our world today. Spiritual benchmarks and old landmarks from which righteous men and women have derived their location and bearings from generation upon generation, have all but been mocked and ridiculed and laughed out of style by the puppets of Satan whose spirit of the Antichrist are crying out against truth and absolutism. And Isaiah gives unto us a stern warning in chapter 5 and verse number 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. The dragon-sized spirit of growing hostility toward the truth of God's word, his church, his people, and his prophets. All the while, society is blinded 
to the unraveling of families and marriages and what has made us a strong society for many years. And I want to preach to us tonight and equip us for the fight of the day. To arm ourselves for the fight of the day. For not only is there a revolution of carnality, a revolution against conformity, but there is a revolution of righteousness among God's people like never seen before. In the book of 1 Timothy, in chapter number 1, the Apostle Paul writes to a young man, This charge I commit unto thee. Son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, and of whom was a certain group of men that Paul said, I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Arm yourself for the fight that you may war a good warfare. And Paul again writes to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 6, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. This is a wake-up call for the youth of the apostolic church tonight, not only in the Northwest, but across America and across the world, a wake-up call. And although society has misplaced the map of what makes a people great, what makes humanity strong, and men and women have lost sight of the destination of righteousness. And they have chosen to dive in and swim in many different directions. Isaiah gives a stern warning in chapter 51 and verse number 9, Awake! Awake and put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days and in the generations of old. I want to preach tonight to stir up young men and women that as evil and diabolical and as morally sick and corrupt as our society is, there must be a greater passion within the perimeters of God's church. For no matter what is going on outside of God's church, God gives us a promise in Matthew 16 that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But there's going to be a fight on the part of the people of God. And God has given unto us a blueprint. He said and Ah, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, 
And when you've done all that you know how to do to stand, he goes further and says, stand therefore. I've made up in my mind tonight, as you, if you live for God and have your right mind, that when you feel that you've done all you know how to do to fight and stand the Word of God, there is no discharge in this war, but it commands us to stand therefore. Just keep on standing on the Word of God. Just keep on standing on the promises of God. Just keep on standing on the strength that God has given you. When you feel tired and weary, remember that underneath are the everlasting arms. And the eternal God is your refuge and your strength. And though the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God Almighty shall raise up a standard against him. And I want to preach to the best of my ability tonight to, to shake up the forces of hell and shake up, amen, all of the basis of predictability and arm the people of God in this conference uh, that it's time to stand up for that which is right. It's time to join in the fight. It's our hour to be a soldier for Jesus. This is our season to win. This is not an hour to take the tuck tail and run and be intimidated, nor be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, I want to preach and stir up the young people of the church tonight to wake up and put on the whole armor of God. Oh, somebody's worshiping the Lord with me tonight because you're connecting with the Spirit that's had it up to here with being run over by the devil, with being intimidated by compromised religion, with being tucked down and cowered down by the forces of hell. Greater is he that is in this building tonight than he that is in the world. We've got some mighty weapons to fight with tonight. We've got the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We've got the mighty name of Jesus. We've got the blood of a lamb in our testimony. We've got prayer and praise. We've got worship and anointing. We've got the angels of the Lord. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost of God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think. Hallelujah to God. It is the plan of Satan, since he cannot destroy a move of God, to try and hinder a move of God by those whose erratic and irresponsible actions accomplish from within what could never have been comprehended from without. From the outset in the Garden of Eden, Satan knew, having just been kicked out of the heavens, that he could not destroy from without but divide and conquer from the inside out has been the methodology and the modus operandi of Satan from the very outset. He is a liar and the father of every lie. He's deceptive. He's a destroyer. He's cunning. He transforms himself into an angel of light. But it with lie and signs and deceivable wonders he does this. And there's only one way to fight against Satan in the perimeters of the church. And the pressure within the church has got to be greater than the pressure that is coming from without of the church. Or we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. 
when you go down in the great depths, both spiritually and physically, the pressure within a chamber of a submarine must increase with pressure so that the pressures from the ocean will not cave it in and destroy it from the outside in. And the pressures outside, revolutions against conformity, redefinitions of marriage, re redefining what a family is. All of the values are being questioned. Is there even a God? Is the Word of God even a, even a viable book? Oh, but I want to serve notice to hell and to compromise man tonight that there is truth in the power of God, that there is power in the Holy Ghost, that there is an unction in the church that is greater than that is that's questioning the church. There's, there's power in what I feel tonight. Satan has no foothold in the church. If you allow the devil to get a foothold in the church, he'll get a stronghold in the church. And when the devil gets a stronghold in the church, he'll destroy a church from the inside out. That's why you got to be careful who you listen to. Don't you listen to the doubters. Don't you listen to the people that's got it in for the preacher. Young man and woman, don't you listen to any backsliding young people that's got it in for your pastor. You slam the phone down on them. You delete them from your friends on Facebook or Twitter. You don't give ear to the devil. You don't give place to the devil. You let, you let them know that I'm a child of God. Daniel refused to defile himself with the king's meat or with a portion of the king's wine. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have convictions. And dare to make them known. We need a revolution of righteousness tonight. Just like there's a revolution against conformity, we need a revolution in the church. That's why they call this conference Revivolution. Stand. Stand now. Stand strong. Don't wait on your mama or your daddy to do it. Don't wait on your pastor to do it. Stand for that which is right tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Secular society as a whole is morally bankrupt tonight. But within the, within the perimeters of the church... Jeremiah 2 and 19 said that my people have committed two great evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water, a revolt against God, a disdain for holiness, a defiance against deity. There are now churches and social gatherings that want to do away with all of the lyrics of the songs that have to do with the blood, that have to do with the name of Jesus, that have to do with the cross, the sting of the whip, the cross, the nails, the spear, the sword, and all the thorny crowns. But amen, one of the weapons that we have tonight is the joy that we find in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said in Hebrews 12 and 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about 
with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus. You need to get your eyes off of the people that's walking away from the church. Because when you're looking in them, that means you're going their direction. You need to get your eyes off of the people that's got it in for the church. Get your eyes off of the way the world's having church. I just tell you tonight, amen, that television evangelists and professional crowds on television, one thing you'll notice, I don't recommend it, but one thing you'll notice about the television crowds in churches, there's no young people there. There's no children there. There's no crying babies there. Everybody's prim and proper. And everyone's just got all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. But that doesn't work in God's church. Amen. Because God's church is made up of the rich and poor and middle class. And black and white and brown and everything in between. Amen. But Satan wants to portray his church as something that's as something that's perfect and misfits are unwelcome there that doesn't belong in God's church we don't need to look at the way the world has church to try to have church we need to have church apostolic style Pentecostal style on the day of Pentecost they were all in one mind and in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting you get it where they were sitting because when the Holy Ghost sits down on you you can't sit down no more it'll change your posture it'll change the way you talk it'll change the way you walk it'll change the way you act it'll change the way you treat your neighbor that's the way we need to have church in this revolution apostolic style old-time religion it was good for John the Baptist it was good for Peter it was good for Paul it was good in Azusa Street and it's good in 2014 tonight amen hallelujah Arm ourselves for the fight of a day that thou mightest war a good warfare. Amen. And there's some things I want to preach about tonight. Amen. That we need to wake up. If we're going to be in a righteous revolution, we need to wake up to our purpose. The purpose of the church, Revelation 4 and 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I can tell you why God created everything that he created tonight, to get glory out of it, to get pleasure out of it. He went to the cross and died for the church. The Bible said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I'll be honest with you tonight, when I look at the cross, I think of suffering shame. I think of the Via Dolorosa. I think of the thorny crowns that was driven through the skull and brow of Jesus Christ. I think of the great drops of blood that he sweat as he prayed in Gethsemane's garden. But the Bible said in Hebrews 12 and 2, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. For only Jesus Christ could get joy out of the cross. The reason that Jesus could get joy out of the cross 
Amen. And one of our weapons is joy in the Holy Ghost uh, is because he looked down through the portals of time and saw a group of young men and women uh, that are revolting against the powers of the hour, against the darkness, uh, against the spiritual wickedness in high places uh, that refuse uh, to go downstream uh, like the rest of the driftwood, uh, but are going up against the current uh, like a king salmon uh, that are that are turning the tide. You better wake up, Pentecost. You better wake up, young man. You better wake up, young woman. There is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads on to great fortune. Omitted in all the voids of their life is forever bound in the shallows and the miseries. And upon such a full sea is the church now afloat. And if we lose our ventures and if we don't take the current when it serves, all oh, will be lost. But each predecessor before this church has handed us a pure church, has handed us a sanctified church, has handed us a purpose-filled church, and that is the charge of standout revolution tonight, is that we keep it alive for the seceding generations, is that we keep a Holy Ghost-filled church, is that we keep a Spirit-filled church, is that we keep a sanctified church, is that we keep a worshiping church. It is our purpose to worship God. It is our purpose to praise God. It is our purpose to be praisers, not like the angels who don't have free will, but because nobody made me do it, but I sing and shout and dance about, because God Almighty has brought me out. How did you feel when you came out of sin, brother? I felt like dancing. I felt like running. I felt like shouting. How did you feel? Oh, how did you feel? How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I felt like shouting. I felt like dancing. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. It's time that the church wake up tonight. Amen. For all, Edmund Burke said, all that need happen. For truth to die is for good men to remain silent. This is not our hour to remain silent. This is not our time to be quiet. We need intentional confrontation with the forces of hell tonight. That's why we go on the offense. Praise is offensive towards Satan. He doesn't want you to praise God. He wants you to be ritualistic, formalistic, Dead, dull, dry, carnal. But the Bible said, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform. Let's have a revolution of righteousness. Let's have a revolution of tongue talking. Let's have a revolution of foot stomping. Let's have a revolution of eye running. Let's have a revolution of dancing. I wouldn't give you a dime for religion, but I couldn't feel. You know why Spokane Church is a growing church? Because it's a worshiping church. It's a purpose-filled church. It's a shouting church. It's an apostolic church. It's a Pentecostal church. 
<laughs> Go on and behave yourself for a minute in church. Go on and behave yourself like an apostolic child of God. Hey, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Some folks, some folks need to define what the church is tonight. The church, amen, is not another social gathering where everything just wants to get along and get by. And don't talk about, preacher, places too impolite to mention. And don't name sin that's too impolite to talk about. That we might not go to a place too impolite to talk about because it's so hot and so frightful. But in God's church, amen, people that have been saved from the power of Satan and from the clutches of hell, you want the man of God to preach to others. That's why the man of God stands from behind the pulpit. Because the pulpit pulls men from the pits of hell. And the pulpit is, that's why we don't want to, hey man, some little sissy bar stool with a little sissy high chair to feed immature babies, dribble, spoon-fed babies that are too immature to hear the Word of God, but give me a man of God that'll preach the Word of God with a backbone like a saw log, for God needs prophets and God needs preachers. My God have mercy. I'm going to preach about men for a minute. Can I help the men of the church tonight? Amen. God has always dealt with men. The high priest was a man. The priest had to be a man. God has always dealt with men. The apostolic anointed prophet was always a man. Amen. God has dealt with men in every generation. And the only time that God would circumvent a man is when he couldn't find one to do his bidding, so he had to get a woman. When there's girly men that rule the church and girly men that rule the home, and women wear the pants in the house even if they do wear a dress, even if it is ab above their knee and unholy and immodest. They let the man know that I rule the roost and I'm the head of the house. Uh, you know what? You need to get the Holy Ghost because a man with the Holy Ghost uh, is the head of his house. He leads his wife in prayer. He leads his children to church. He doesn't wait for the wife to lead his family to church. Be a man. Stand up for that which is right. And a man needs to know how to take it. If you can take it, you can make it. Men came into the world with pain in their life. At eight days old, they were circumcised. The scar, the cut, the pain, the bleeding, the screaming. Because God wants you to learn how to live with pain, man. He, she, no pain, no gain. He, she's, and she, he's. Have you ever seen such a feministic society that we're living in today? My Lord, have mercy. Give us men today. Women. Women like to sit around and talk about their pain. Sit down with me. Let's just pretend we're two women tonight. Now, we're man enough to do that. Yeah, I was in labor for 12 hours. I passed kidney stones so big. I was, oh, I had a headache the other day that make you blind and scream with pain. 
Women like to sit around and brag about their pain. And she says, that ain't nothing. You should have seen the way I gave childbirth. Or you should have seen the car wreck I went through. And they talk about their pain and they live with it. Men don't talk about their pain. Men need to learn to get by with pain. Because God is a man. And Jesus Christ was our perfect example. He went to the cross and like a lamb done before his shears opened not his mouth. And nobody in this house has ever undergone the pain that Jesus under, undertook. Amen. You need to be a man and you need to grow up and you need to get the Holy Ghost and stand behind the preacher and help him build the church. Even if you're a young teenager, you need to be a man tonight. God has chosen men. And then there's women. God said in 2 Kings 9 and 8, Amen, wherein was a great woman? Wherein was this woman great? Was she great because she was highly educated? Or was she great because of a great heritage or a pedigree? None of these things in the history of the world, or biblically speaking, has ever made a woman great. But she was great in that she made room in her life for God and the prophet of God. And she knew where to take her problem when she got in trouble. She went to the house of God and to the man of God. Mary, thou art highly favored among women because I have chosen you to birth the Messiah. And God likened the father to a man and the church to a woman because God has highly favored the apostolic church of 2014 to birth Jesus to this society, to bring Christ to the world, to bring Christ to the nations. That's why the apostolic church is highly favored. And you cannot lose with the stuff the church use. You cannot go backwards when you live for God because God is great and greatly to be praised. Thank God for the church tonight. Amen. Amen. Be seated tonight. Let us wake up in this righteous revolution to the mission of the church. This, uh, this year has seen phenomenal growth in our Sunday school department. Our largest Sunday this year on my buses was 617 in attendance on my 13 Sunday school buses. 617, uh, that is some adults, mostly 18 and younger. This past Sunday right now we're averaging 300 to 330. It's an average of 300 children on my buses every Sunday. My largest bus route is run uh, by my daughter, a 16-year-old girl. She's averaging 70. This past Sunday, she had 72 on her bus. You have to make two trips on that bus route. The mission of the church is altogether different from the purpose of the church. But you can't fulfill the mission of the church if you first do not fulfill the purpose of the church. The purpose is to be holy and preach the truth of God's word. And then when you do that, you've got something to mission the ages with. If there's ever been an hour when we need to be steeped in the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, this is that hour. 100, this Sunday made 138 people that have been baptized in Jesus' name in our sanctuary this year. In 10 months' time, we baptized 138 people in the name of Jesus. More than that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
this is our day. This is our hour. This is, you don't have to have money to be a soul winner. You don't have to be a preacher to be a soul winner. You don't have to have a ministerial license to be a soul winner. All you've got to do is have a passion for souls to be a soul winner, to be a prayer warrior, to build the church because you, you can do what God has equipped you to do. Amen. Healing, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. Our churches, our churches are not dead places where people are ashamed to go and come to fall asleep under the singing and the preaching. Our churches should be the most sought-after place to go in our city. And that is because of our young people. Denominal churches, uh, streamline, mainline religions don't have the youth that the apostolic church has. Because I've never seen anybody get in line to watch water freeze. But I've seen people get in line and tail behind an ambulance or a fire truck to watch a building burn to the ground. And every time we come to the church of the living God, there's an apostolic fire that breaks out, that people are intrigued, that people are fascinated by the power of God in our church services. If the church isn't going the way you want it to go, then build a fire, then teach a Bible study, run a bus route, knock a door, tell somebody about God. Start a prayer meeting. Start a youth night. Get on fire for God. This is time for a revolution of righteousness in our hour. Somebody clap their hands with me tonight. Hallelujah. I don't know what time it is. Jesus, help us tonight. Oh, let us wake up. Let us wake up. Amen. To the mission of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us wake up. To old-fashioned righteousness and holiness. Holiness is not out of style tonight. Holiness is not something that belongs in bygone ages. Amen. But holiness uh, is the nature of God. And holiness uh, is the essence of God's being. Uh, and holiness is that which is uh, a derivative of the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. In Isaiah chapter 6, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne high and lifted up, uh, and his train filled the temple. Uh, the train of an oriental king uh, was sewed on his, uh, on his robe, uh, and it was symbolic uh, of the standards of the enemies that he had defeated in battles past. And the longer the train on a conquering general or king, the more enemies he had defeated. The longer the train, the more the more soldiers he had killed. But Isaiah said, when I saw God, his train filled the temple because there's no defeat in God. There's no loss in God. There's never been a battle that God has lost. My God wins every time. My God has defeated every enemy. You know why the devil hates the church so much? It's because you took his place. You took his place. He used to be a singer. He used to be a praiser. But you took his place in praise and worship. That's why he don't want you to clap your hands. That's why he don't want us to dance. That's why he don't want us to shout. 
Shame on you if you can't shout over the Holy Ghost. Shame on you if you can't shake the bobby pins out of your hair. Shame on you if your dress is too tight that you can't dance. Shame on you if your clothes are too pretty that you can't. I don't have a suit I can't shout in. I don't have shoes I can't dance in. And if I did, I'd take them off and get rid of the pride and let the Holy Ghost come into my life. Hallelujah. And when Isaiah saw that, he cried out, holy, holy, holy. For when I see God, I recognize how little I am and how great God is. If there's ever been an hour when we need a revolution of holiness, this is that hour for young men and women to stand up for that which is right and dress in modest apparel to look like men and to act like men and be holy and to look like women and to dress like women. It's still a sin and it's essential for salvation that a woman not cut her hair for your hair is your glory your hair is the power on your head that God gave you to have power in your prayers amen don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that it's not essential for salvation don't ever trim your hair don't ever bite or burn your hair don't interrupt the growth of your hair for that was given to you for your covering it is your glory. It is your power. St. Paul said for this cause of the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. The angels that sat on top of the mercy seat, the seraphims that sat above the mercy seat that covered the ark of the covenant, the Aaron's rod that budded that represented God's power and the tablets of law that represented God's authority and the pot of manna that represented God's provision. Uh, young lady, when your hair is right uh, and uncut uh, from the day that you have repented, uh, you've got the power of God in your life. Uh, you've got the articles of the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the blessings of God in your life, uh, the provisions of God in your life, uh, the authority of God in your life. Uh, that's why a Jezebel spirit uh, hates holy women. A Jezebel spirit hates a strong preacher. A Jezebel spirit uh, hates the standards of the church uh, because Jezebel uh, hates the authority of the man of God. But young lady, get behind the man of God. Amen. Our men need to be clean cut and clean shaven. Amen. With sleeves to cover up their elbows. Amen. And pants that sit on top of their shoes. Amen. And pants that aren't so tight that you can tell if you shaved your legs or not. Amen. If there's ever been an hour that we need to be modest, this is that hour. Modesty is not out of style, but modesty is a revolution in the church tonight. Somebody going to help me preach tonight? Somebody going to help me preach tonight? There's only one thing right, and this is it. There's only one thing right, and this is it. If you're looking for something else, you might as well quit looking because this is the truth of God's Word. Amen. Amen. Women, hallelujah. Women that adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. Somebody said, paint on any old barn makes it look better. Don't paint your face. It shows that you're in rebellion to the man of God. You're in rebellion to the authority of God. You're beautiful. And if, if it takes you painting your face and dyeing and cutting your hair 
and dressing immodest to get a man, you don't need that man. He's not good for you. If you can't dress holy and look modest and get a husband, then you just don't need a husband. But God will bless you with a good man if you'll honor the Word of God. Anybody want a revolution tonight? Amen. Our women need to be women. We don't need to dress like tramps and act like sluts, but we need to look like women of righteousness and holiness. That is in the price of God of great price, invaluable. Oh, I want to preach to the church tonight. Uh, amen. This is a righteous revolution. Uh, amen. The church, uh, it seems, is forsaking the tenets of the faith. Uh, but we need to stand fast uh, on the truth of who Jesus is uh, and the mighty God in Jesus Christ. Uh, God the Father is not a person. God the Son is not a person. God the Holy Ghost is not a person. Uh, amen. The Son of God is the only person. Uh, and he's not in the Godhead but the Godhead is in the Son of God. Colossians 1 and 19 and 2 and 9 said, For all the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily, and you are complete in him. For it pleased the Father that in him should all of the fullness dwell. The Godhead was in Jesus. God the Father is a spirit. According to John 4 and 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. That's with a lowercase s. That means zeal and enthusiasm and unction. And then the perfectly matched couple is spirit and truth. You cannot worship God in three persons and worship him in truth. You can't worship God with a trinity baptism and worship him in truth. You can't worship him in any other way but through the water in the mighty name of Jesus according to Romans 6. For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. The Father never died. The Holy Ghost never died. But Jesus Christ died. So we get baptized in the mighty name of Jesus. For neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But there's power in the name of Jesus. And there's victory in the name of Jesus. And there's glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why the devil don't want the Holy Ghost to operate tonight. Because he hates the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is not the third person in the Trinity. But the Holy Ghost is the Father. It is the Son. And these three are one. Amen. For the, for the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom my Father will send in my name. And the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. So when you get down on your knees to pray and you call on the name of Jesus, the Father's right there. And you get down on your knees to pray uh, and you call on the Holy Ghost uh, the Son and the Father's right there uh, or have my and my Father are one uh, and have I been so long time with you uh, that you do not know who I am uh, blessed art thou Simon Barjona uh, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you uh, but my Father which is in heaven uh, because my Father uh, does not have flesh and blood uh, but my Father is a spirit uh, my Father revealed it unto 
unto you. So my Father is not the first person in the Trinity, but my Father, as Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life of Luke 24 and 39. A spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have, but the spirit of the living God that put on flesh, a man that never ceased to be what he always was, God, but came for a short 33 and a half span of earth and became what he never before was man. And Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, many good works have I shown you and my father. For which of these good works do you stone me? And they replied, for a good work we stone thee not, but because thou being a man makest thyself God. But they had it all wrong. He wasn't man making himself God, but he was God who became man. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Let us wake up to the revelation of who Jesus is. Let us wake up to worship. Let us wake up to prayer. Let us wake up to the mission. Let us have a revolution in the church. Oh, Lord, and I heard a voice when I said, holy, 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 and I cried out, holy unto God. And, and Isaiah said, after God said, whom shall I send? And I saw an angel, a man that said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. But an angel went to the altar and took tongs with coals in the tongs and set upon the lips of the preacher and anointed him to preach. And when he saw the greatness of God and he was aware of the highness of God, amen, he sat down and said, Here I am, Lord, send me. And it's in services like this tonight when you recognize how little you are and how great God is that God calls you to a deeper level, to a fresh anointing, to a greater intensity. If there's ever been an hour where we need a revolution, this is that hour. Let's, let's revolt against the world. Let's go on the offense against Satan. Let's have a revival of the, of the righteousness of God tonight in this house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, Jesus, help us tonight. And if you're going to fight in this war tonight, you need the helmet of salvation. Guard your thinking. The eyes are in the head. The ears are in the head. Four out of five senses are in your head. Salvation takes care out of four or five things. And the breastplate of righteousness. Guard your vital organs by living right. Ain't nothing wrong with living right. And have your loins girt about with truth. The midsection, the reproductive organs. Truth begets truth. Truth begets truth. Righteousness begets righteousness. Courage begets courage. And having your feet shod with the preparation of gospel. But above all, above all, take unto you the shield of faith. Because there's four things you can't do without. Hebrews 9 and 22, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. 
got to have bloodshed. He took care of that, and you take care of it in salvation. Hebrews 12 and 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. You've got to have holiness to see him. Hebrews 12 and 8, if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards and not sons. You've got to let God and his man correct you and keep you in alignment. And last but not least, Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. Above all, the shield of faith. The only offensive weapon you have is the sword of the Spirit. As long as it's a dust-covered book in some obscure place in your library or in the back seat of your car from Sunday to Sunday, it's not a sharp two-edged sword. It only becomes a sharp two-edged sword when you put it in your mouth and use it on the enemy. But above all, the shield of faith. John Bunyan the second read most book in the world, next to the Bible itself, Pilgrim's Progress. He never had a Bible in his 14-year prison term. He never had a song service. He never had a Hammond B3 organ or fine music like we have. And he wrote one of the greatest books of all time, Pilgrim's Progress, and all he had was faith. Above all, faith. God, give us faith. A good old-fashioned faith in the book is not obsolete, but it's absolute. A good old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost is not obsolete, but it's absolute. Here I am, God. Let me be a revolutionist for you. Let me start a revolution of righteousness in my city. God, use me, God. Here I am, Lord. I'm a young woman. I'm a young man. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. Use me, God. If you've got faith in God and that God can use you, you've got all that you need tonight. Battle the spirits of ecumenicity that deny the lordship of Christ, that deny the absolute authority of his prophets and the office of the man of God. Battle the spirits of ecumenicity that want us to blend in with society. God, the theme of this meeting is revivolution. Right now, right here, let's have a revival of a righteous revolution in this meeting this week. Oh, God, <laughs> Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. I don't want you to leave Wednesday night service and try to pray through tomorrow morning. Let's let the rest of the preachers be able to minister to you. Why don't everybody pray through to the Holy Ghost tonight? If you haven't talked in tongues today, I want you to come to this altar. Don't wait. Don't wait. If you haven't spoken in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, I want you in this altar right now. Don't be intimidated. Don't be ashamed to step out. I want you to come here right now. God's fixing to show himself strong to you. Here I am, God, send me. Hallelujah. I want a war, a good warfare. God, 
Wake me up, oh Lord, to the power of the church. If there's going to be a revolution in the last hour, let it start with me tonight, God. If you need a stronghold in the church, I want you to come out tonight. If you need a better grasp on the tenets of our faith, I want you to step out tonight. I want you to step out. Come on, there's power in synergy and connectivity. Gather as close to the front as you can tonight. Gather as close into the altar as you can.